Thanks for listening to NYC. You can catch us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and other streaming platforms. Be sure to check our social media page on Twitter and Facebook. And like always, we appreciate our guests, family, friends, and you, the listeners. All right, man, Will Sanchez, Scott Ligo, and we've got Rainier Beach High School football coach, Corey Sampson. Listen, before we get started, Corey, happy holidays. You have had a whirlwind of a season, and let alone the last couple of weeks. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great, man. Everything's fine. I'm just starting to back, get back to normality, you know, with the recruiting and, uh, you know, just the long spring and football season was followed up with that, so... I'm back to normal now. That's great. Um, Corey, I mean, the, the last two years, I mean, you you just alluded to it. I mean, you, you go from spring, summer, back into fall. Uh, I mean, what has been the last year, not even getting into the last two years, what has the last year been like for you, your coaches, and, and, and your kids in the program just trying to acclimate yourselves to everything that's happened and, and, you know, having an interchangeable uh, dynamic routine with everything that's been happening in this world. You know, it's, it, you know, it was, it was a journey, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the kids were saying they were resilient with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as far as just the protocol, the, the six feet distance, they have to adapt to that. Um, not being in classroom settings and seeing their friends at workouts and want to talk to them. And, mm. you know, it was difficult for a while at first, not being able to get on the school bus within not going to locker rooms, not having a, a homecoming dance or assembly. And, you know, I'm promise, you know, it was kind of rough for those guys, you know, just being at home all day and then coming to practice and going back home and not having a social life. I felt sorry for those guys. But and then it like, but no, it was it was tough. Well, as a former uh, head coach, you know, I really admired all you guys that went through what you guys went through the last two seasons. And uh, to have to go through that whole thing, through the protocol, do all the things you have to do, cleanliness, safety, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, kudos to all you guys, you coaches that were out there doing the, the real work and stuff like that. I know you guys have been busy and had a lot of uh, um, guests through the place. I've seen Michigan. I've seen Ohio State. I've seen Alabama. I've seen Texas A&M. Uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about Josh here in a second, but, uh, you know, kind of talk about all the process with your kids that you've got going. And I know we've got one to Eastern, you got some to some smaller schools. Where, where are all your kids going this year? You know, um, right now, Jalen Green has signed and committed. The rest of the guys are still undecided right now. So they're going to sign for the second period coming in February, I believe it is. So they're still just trying to find a right home for a right home, right fit for those guys. So, you know, we'll probably have three or four more guys sign up in February. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, it, these are your kids, right? I mean, you, you've had these kids for four years. You know, they've been through the ups and downs. And, and you know, I guess this is a two part question here. One, the kids that you've had the last couple of years, does it do, do they stand out more because they've been through so much more with you, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's what's happened uh, in the communities we, we've had, you know, whether it's Black Lives Matter. I mean, there's been so much that you've been a part of with these kids. If you've had them for the all four years, when you look back at this class, what stands out the most for you? You know, I just say, like I said before, you know, um, man, they're resilient. You know what I'm saying? When we had the losing season and they dug in when they were off sophomores and people counting us out and i like you know we'll be back in a couple years you know they took their lumps took their beatings but but they knew it's beach boy football you know it's a standard so they live as a standard so um 
I mean, they're all the same to me. You know what I'm saying? No matter who's been through the grind or not, you, see, you come to the program, you're a beach boy, and we accept you. And, you know, we just got to keep on grinding that much harder. Well, I appreciate what you do at your level. Trust me, Corey, after being, um, you know, the head coach at Garfield. I know all the inner city, you know, programs. We, uh, we, we, we work from a different uh, financial level than the rest of the group does in the state. So Amen. I, I appreciate <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate where you're at, and I know that we're all in, in the same grind and trying to do the thing. So, you know, for you to, you know, do what you guys did this year and compete and go against Bellevue and all those programs, I know that, uh, you know, kudos to you and your kids. And I, I know talent is, you know, there at Rainier Beach, but, you know, that's a, a definitely a reflection of your work and the things that you've done and built. And so, you know, kind of tell us where Josh Connolly is in his recruitment. You know, right now, you know, he's kind of quiet about it right now. You know, it's been a carousel of coaches changing. So he's just still surveying what's going on and trying to figure out the right fit for him. Um, as everybody knows, he's in um, Michigan, USC are probably like his front runners as 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 a social media from what I've seen right now. Um, you know, he was um, a, a lot with Oklahoma, but said they changed their head coach, you know, in, 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 with USC. So it might have been USC might have got the upper hand on that. But I mean, still, he still is like um, – USC still like Michigan. I don't know about the other schools that, that he's involved with. Cause he doesn't really tell me he's like, coach, I'm gonna surprise you. So, okay, fine. Whatever. You know, so. <laughs> he's going to announce at the all American game. Is that correct? Yes, sir. He's going to announce at the all American game. As far as I know of, he is as yeah. of now he is. So it, you know, it could change with the coaches too, as well. So as far as I know of, yeah, he's going to announce at the, uh, at the all-star game. Yeah, let, let's talk about that real quick. And, you know, I mean, when you you found out that he got invited to the All-American Bowl, I mean, you know, what were your thoughts? I mean, his what is it, a 4.0 GPA uh, that he's carrying? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that that's remarkable. Yes. You know, he's a he's a great student. I mean, he takes his his schoolwork just um, as hard as he takes his, his football lessons. You know, what I'm saying I mean, he wants to be the smartest kid in the school and he wants to be the best football player in the school and the state and the nation, too, as well. So they go hand to hand. And I was actually appalled. I loved it. You know, I told him he can be All-American when he become a senior. And it came true. You know, what I'm saying you can tell a kid, oh, you can be an All-American. And some people are like it sounds cliche, but he really could have been. He really fulfilled those dreams and, 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 and um, expectations that we have for him. You know, when and you, you think. When- I'm sorry, Go Scott. Ahead. Go ahead. And you think he'll continue to be a left tackle in the college level? You know, I have, you know, and for him to get the next level, he's got to play all five positions: center, guard, tackle. You know what I'm saying? So I think he'll move around. I think I think eventually he'll find a home at guard. That's my personal opinion. But I mean, you know, he can play all five positions. You know, you, you want to play the league, play all five positions. Don't just limit yourself to just playing tackle. Play center, guard, tackle. Then you can be versatile. You make that roster. Then you can play everywhere on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, do, ahead, you, do you see him going back to running back position? Nah. <laughs> I mean, not too many people remember him as the running back. I mean, Corey, you know, what were your thoughts when you finally said, hey, buddy, it's time to switch your position? You know, I talked to the dad this summer before he got there. You know, I told those guys, you know, hey, I'll give him an opportunity to play running back. You know, hey, that's what I could say. Be fair with it. He came in, you know, like, hey, you know, we had a star-studded team. I was like, hey, we'll put you at H-back, make you happy. We got a lot of guys ahead of you play H-back, and he just got bigger. And I was like, damn, this guy's getting huge. You know, and I was like, hey, man, you're not going to be able to run the ball no more. We throw the ball to you out the backfield, be a little tight end, a little H, cut a couple passes, and then by week five or six, say, hey, man, talk to this pops. Say, hey, you know, I think he'll be All-American playing tap or guard, change the number from 21 to 55, and the rest is history. Wow. Wow. Uh- 
Um, I, I was going to ask you, you know, you, you mentioned about, you know, his performance and being the best carrying that high GPA when your leader of your team sets that great example, what's the trickle down effect to the, re- the rest of that locker room? You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's huge because, you know, it sets a standard for everybody. You know, we, uh, um, at Rain, we do have a high standard. I mean, everybody's got to be on the same accord. And so leading by example, you got to follow in place with that. You know, he's setting everybody straight and just do it. And, and, and he's showing you the right way to do it on the field and in the classroom as well. So a lot of guys follow him, you know, and it's great. You know, it, I, don't, I don't have to be saying, man, the team. I let my captains man the team and go from there. And you got some uh, some future kids coming down the pike. I think I know the one last name real well uh, is the son of Nate Robinson. I know his uh, younger son is uh, quite a corner uh, athlete. Uh, athlete for you guys. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, we got um, a nice little young class of guys coming up. Junior class is pretty loaded. Um, but Namir Robinson, man, he's a, you know he's a football player. He's an athlete. You put him on the field, and and he can do a lot of different things. He can play running back, play receiver. Um, he's a hell of defensive player. He has great instincts, and he has great grace too as well. And he's a coachable kid. I love the kid to death. He doesn't say much. He just coach, no coach, and he gets the work done. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. What? Uh, how do you how do you guys handle your recruiting? How do you do you do? Are you involved a lot of it, or do you allow the parents, or is it hands off, or just kind of is it per person? However, they yeah. handle it. It's per person. I mean, far recruiting. I talk to all the coaches. I give them my um, prospect list. They call me all the time and say who's next up, and I give them the list. Talk to them guys about the players and personnel. Exchange numbers with those guys and tell them guys, hey, stay in contact. A lot of uh, recruiting now is through Twitter. So, you know, you know, kids are getting hit up on Twitter. Say, hey, hey Coach Call, yeah, they hit me on Twitter. I told them, guy, hey, get your you said, get your, you said, Twitter account and be active on it because that's how coaches get to see you. You know, it's not old school where it goes through the coach all the time now. Now it goes through the player and they on Twitter. They get followed and, you know, stuff like that. Hold on a second. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. It's funny, funny you say that. You know, that's what I always – when I do my talks, that's one of the things I tell the kids. Like, listen, your Twitter account, your social media – is very important, man. Make sure it's clean. It's right. It's your real mail. Yeah. Don't be using saggy pants 103 or whatever, you know, just be straight. And uh, you're absolutely right. That's the, that's the world that we live in. And it's, uh, that's the way how kids are done. The, the old school of sending a letter to you and doing all that yeah. stuff, bygone. It's bygone. It's just, that just junk mail to the kids. Now the letter just junk mail. Don't open it up right now. They just like, oh, they're like, oh man, I get this all the time. I don't want it anymore. So Twitter's big. Um, putting your highlights on on Twitter, well, your huddle stuff like that. So it's changed a lot. It's evolved. So so me personally, um, you said coaches call me and say, hey, coach, I'm gonna be in school or who you got next, and that's it. The kids handle the recruiting on their own. Yeah, it, it it ain't like the style when you and Coach Lori were uh, playing when you had to send in the old VHS tape. And oh that. no, <laughs> man, I still got a few of those still around here right now. I could show you a couple of those, you know what I'm saying? Take about, about three days and make a, a tape and, and send it out. My wife, like she, every time we move, she's like, we got to move those things one more time. So finally I made them over to a CD, but made it better for her. But she was like, we are seriously moving those VHS tapes one more time. I said, well, it, it's, it's kind of important. I mean, there's some yeah, good things. It is. Like that, but I don't know, Scott, I got a huge box of them still. Um, still, still box. Matter of fact, 
I just recorded uh, uh, my old high school game and and, and got to meet with a guy this weekend, exchange it with him because he wants to see it. He didn't have it, so I got to convert it, so I'm going to give it to him. So he's like, man, coach, I can't believe you still got this. I'm like, yeah, I got all my games. Man, I'm a football junkie. I keep all my games. Yeah, no, it's 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 within us. There's no doubt about it. My wife always like when she comes in the room, she'll see a football game. She goes like, "Is this one from 1906?" Seven. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> it was a great game. It was a great game. Why would yeah. you, I you watch this game? It was a great. I mean, you know, I can literally go through the whole script in my head before the game's played. But I, I appreciate all that. Love I appreciate it. It. That's football, man. That's a football junkie. Still be excited about the end of it. Like, oh man, what's about to happen? We know. We know what's going to end. <laughs> How the ending is. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's well, inc- it's incredible. Um, is, is there something that when you, when you have so many coaches come through and they're asking you about, you know, your kids, is this something, even if you don't verbalize it in your head that stands out and that you look for when a coach comes to your door asking about your kid that you go that, that it's, you know, there's a switch that kind of goes off for you. You know what? Um, I'm just happy that the schools come and talk to me. So I treat them all with respect, you know what I'm saying? And they like, I'm glad you take time to kind of rain every high school and see my kids. You know, um, yeah. at the end of the day, it's on the kids to get that feeling for the coaches or not. To me, I'm just a welcome them at, hey, come up in here. I'm glad you're here. And then the kids take on it from there. I, um, I tell all the coaches, hey, man, you said Beach can be home to you. Just come in and enjoy my kids and build a relationship with the coaches, with all of them. Because, you know, fire one day, so you got to treat them all the same. Absolutely. Amen. That it's, it's, you know, and that's really the job of, of the coach. And, and I, I, you know, that's what parents need to really understand. Our job is not to get them the scholarship. Our job is to open that door, you know, yeah. give them our, give them our thoughts and ideas. And then, you know, it's for them to figure that out. And it's about based upon relationships. It's not about, you know, we all, we, the bottom line is I always tell kids, listen, you know, you don't get pushed by your mom and dad to do this thing because you're not, they're not the ones that are going to beat up at six in the morning. They're not the ones that are going to be next to the garbage can throwing up. Mm. When they're being a strength and conditioning coach, I mean, and any athlete, girls or boys, it's it's a different deal when you go to that D one level. It's a you different know, deal. It's different. You know? Like I tell them, I'm like, you guys think this crying and whining, and you can't have that. You got 15 guys at one position at receiver that soon as you start crying, he's next. He's ready. You got. Yeah. You got. He's. He don't care about you whining and crying about not getting the ball. He he wants to just get on the field. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the hard part, and that's the thing about it. Most of these kids don't realize that when you know you were the you were the best from Rainier Valley to up to the Capitol Hill from 30th yeah. to 50th, yeah. and then when you go to Notre Dame, oh, every guy here is an All American. Every exactly. guy here was the yep. Gatorade year. It's just not you're not the only one, and so that's the hard part for some of these kids to really hear and, and see. And all of a sudden now you got to really compete. So it's a you know it's a th- it's a tough lesson for these young people to learn, but we try to tell them as coaches, like, hey, man, it's, it's a different deal at that level, so be ready. Most definitely. I tell them that all the time. And I'll be honest with those guys. Like, you're not going to go in there and just think that you're going to run stuff because you're not. It's, it's really a business. I mean, they, you're saying they live off of your performance. If you don't perform like the one, you're going to be gone. And the next yeah. man is going to be up. So I try to get my guys well prepared for college. When they go to college, like, Coach, you were right. I mean, the mindset's got to be there. When they step on camp, they already know that Coach Corey had put them guys through this training already, mindset, physically and mentally, to be to be prepared to go play Division One football or Division Two, Three, or Juco ball. Yeah, absolutely. And every level is the same. I mean, it's it's all ball. It's it's tough. There's no yeah. – I mean, you're Washington just as 
can compete with the Montanas. The Montanas can come into, as we know, Washington and beat yep. them. So everybody knows that. I mean, every level can get get each other. So it's it's you have to be do the be willing to do the work. And I appreciate you, you know, doing what you do for those kids because it's important for them to have that ground, you know, that, that framework and the, and the fundamentals understanding. Because uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a shock for some of these guys, and oh, you know, then you get this text, coach. This is what this is not what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I always tell the kids. It, it's great when they they're recruiting you. They got their arms around and they're loving you. They're you know hugging mom, and then <laughs> three months later, three months later, it's spring ball practice. They're calling you names you never even knew you got called, and you're like, really? "Wow, I think I just got called." Yeah, you did because you're not doing what you're asked to do. So it's Definitely. a different world. Like, where was that nice recruiting coach? He should That's out the window. What that ink <laughs> yeah. dry is over with. The, the, the mood changes. <laughs> <laughs> So so true. So my daughter true. Found, out, found out the hard way when she got the lanes and she's like oh they're mean to me i'm like well you gotta get they're not gonna be nice to you no more <laughs> they're gonna push well, you to be the best to be well speaking of your daughter congratulations on her acceptance into spellman that is congratulations awesome. that's incredible thank you, you thank know, you thank you that's that's a proud dad moment that's a good deal that's a good deal it is especially for what I've been through in my life, man. And, and my kids going to college, all four of them is like, man, it's a blessing for me. Cause if you didn't know me when I was my teenage years, you'd be like, Oh Lord. <laughs> but yeah. So, and, and, you know, so, that's, so that's why I get back to my community, my kids and to get more people who've been like me, who've been through this yep. to get better and make a, uh, and make a community better. And it just Absolutely. starts person by person. Yeah. And speaking about the community, let, let's talk real quick before we let you go about the GoFundMe uh, page, uh, Coaches, Cops and Coffee, the 2021 holiday fundraiser. Just explain that a little bit. So whoever's listening and uh, or watching on YouTube uh, can help out. Um, uh, me and my family made our uh, donation today to help out because right, we you. just we believe in it. And uh, I just want you to explain a little bit about that. Okay, so we'll so I'll tell you how it started. So um, I got reached out to by some cops and um, about about a year and a half ago, and I said, and I was kind of like, well, you know, I wasn't really feeling it then. The cops, the George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter stuff. Yep. I was like, well, if you guys want to be serious with me, come meet me down at Safeway at Rainer Beach, and I'll see how serious you guys really are. And so they came down there. We sat there and we talked for like three hours. So that's how we started the coach cop and coffee thing. So, you know, um, last year we, we came up with the, uh, the GoFundMe for homeless people or people who are in need to the community through what's going on. So we start off with Franco Gratton. So a year ago we gave Franco $500 for his community service that he did graduating and, and, and get a scholarship for Fresno state. So then we reached out, um, me and coach Rogers, who's at Seattle prep, but he works at Garfield. We came up with, Hey, let's touch as many families that we can. So Lexi rest in peace. She passed away um, through the car accident when she got hit on the freeway. I five mm. came up with the idea of, of of let's do it. So we just dug into it, man. We I think we we serviced sixteen families last year for Christmas, and that was a blessing, you know, um, to see the smiles on their face and just walk out to those guys and just hand them an envelope or a gift card, you know, what I'm saying it's cold blankets where they can buy food, whatever for the kids, and and that's how it got started. You know, we're a little bit late on it this year because you know we're still trying to get the group together after Lexi passed away because she was like the the main focal point of getting it all together and you know she's superwoman man so we're just trying to get it back together and man and 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 get out here this this year it's cold it's wet it's you know it's the covet and just get back to community people in need yeah so, so once again guys, that's the gofundme coaches cops and coffee 
It's the 2021 holiday fundraiser. And it doesn't matter if it passes what you view as your holiday. Keep giving because this money will get out there to the communities. Corey, you're doing such a great job, whether it's on the field and off. And and I know all of us have been affected by losing a pioneer um, off the, the, you know, besides on the field, uh, losing a friend of ours, Derek Sparks, you know, and it's uh, it's just been a tough year. Uh, before we wrap it up, you know, just your, your thoughts on, you know, Derek Sparks and, you know, besides him, but just the fact that there's the coaches versus cancer and everything that he's done for cancer. Um, and, you know, really the way his family has been affected by cancer. You know, um, Derek Sparks, I met him about nine years ago, maybe yeah, 19 years ago with football coaches. And so we became good friends. You know, um, he came down to Rainier Beach a couple of times. And said, hey, coach, my daughter got cancer. We've got this movement going on. So, boom, we took care of that. Um uh, front runner helping them get it all solved and everything, and um, you can get it pushed out, uh, you know. And then, um, he had he said, Coach, man, what do you think about starting the Cleaver's cancer game? I was like, Well, let's do it. And so, he's like, Man, I'm gonna need your beach boys in there. I said, He's like, Do you get people to come in there? I was like, Yeah, man. I said, Yeah, I get my kids to come in there. He's like, Because with them guys coming there, come off state championship game with my guys in there, he just thought. It, it would just bring it out bigger. And he's like, you think we can get away with us? I said, man, I'm all for it. Let's do it. And so we got it done, you know, um, and, you know, we just, the first year was a, a, a major success, man. I mean, I think I had like nine of my players in there. Just it was a it. downpour. We got soaked yeah. that first year. I remember it was man, pouring. <laughs> it was so but It was so fun just to see it the was. kids face out there, to see his daughter and everything, to see oh, Derek Sparks that he was doing. I mean, it, it was a blessing, man. It, it was a blessing to see it, him smile. And then he called me like about a year later and said, hey, coach, my daughter has got like uh, is off of chemo and she's down to like one pill, I think a month he had told me. And then he had hit me up later on like she's cancer free. And I was just like, yeah. man, that's a blessing. I was gave him a big hug and everything. And, um, man, you know, Derek Sparks, Sparks was a, a great guy, man. I mean, he, he you know. He designed my logos uh, on my helmet. He did my shirts. And, you know, he was also there for me. We were doing a camp at Rainier Beach when Lexi passed away, when I found Lexi passed away. And I just broke down. He just gave me a big hug, like, Coach, you all right, no. man? I just, man, you know, just weird, like, like, like taking two losses like that that quick, you know what I'm saying, with him, especially being there when I found out Lexi passed away, like, wow. But, you know, I mean, Derek Sparks is a great guy, man. I'm always smiling, always happy, always trying to please and help everybody else, man. And that's the way I – I live my life, you know what I'm saying? Trying to help, trying to please and trying to make sure that people that, and need get the need that they can. If it's a little bit of love, man, hey, I see a homeless guy go home, get some of the food and bring it back to him, man, and just show love, man. That's what it is about love, you know? So he touched everybody with the Cleveland versus cancer, with his daughter and just the community, man, in the state of Washington at that, man. So I'm going to keep on working on my legacy, helping him keep on putting the Cleveland versus cancer out and whatever his family needs from me to – keep it pushing or whatever needs uh, the fight against cancer and everything else, man. I lost some friends a long time ago, cancer, my auntie had cancer. So, I mean, cancer is everywhere. Somebody's been touched by cancer. So, you know, we just got to pray and just help and heal and, and, and pray for the best. Yeah. yeah I agree to a thousand percent. You know, the, the crazy thing about, you know, sports is, you know, sometimes the cynics, you know, make sense too much to everybody focuses on those things and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the great thing about the sports community, it is community and people that know, know, and they will work together and they'll do the right thing. So what you're doing in the community itself, what we, you know, what Derek did for cancer, uh, God rest his soul. Um, but, you know, that's the great thing about what's, what sports can do. It's not always about 
happens on the football field, the basketball court, the te- you know tennis court. It's about the things that these kids take down the road with them. And so, I, I, I again, I, I cannot you know say enough about you and what you've done down at Rainier Beach, and you know, re- and, and, and I know it's your alma mater, and, and just making it happen. And so, I, I'm really number one uh, respectful of what you've done, and number two, I just you know think you need a big shout out for what, what you're doing down there. So, I appreciate what what you're doing. Trust me. Damn appreciate right. you, Scott. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Always love it. Corey, thank you for your time. Happy holidays. Um, get back to what you need to do the most right now, is which is being dad and getting your daughter ready to go off to college. Incredible that everyone's off to college and they're going to be here for the holidays and eat all your food. So, uh, you know, I, I have pity on you because your fridge will be empty. But listen, we appreciate you. Shout out to the Sparks family, Zaley. And uh, and Corey, once again, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it, man. Anytime, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you guys, man. And and I'll see you guys at the Cleavers Cancer game, right? There we yes, go. Sir. Yeah, we'll swing through. Take care, yes, Corey. Sir, I'm ready. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. You guys oh. have a good day. Okay, man. Take, Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Scotty. Absolutely incredible. Uh, it's just great to have uh, Corey. I mean, you know, he, he he seems like such a happy, happy papa as we're talking about his kids, literally his kids, figuratively his kids in school um, and everything else. And uh, just speaking so highly of Derek, um, it's just so important. And I think you touched upon it right, right at the end. Um, you know, we, we think about football, we think about sports in general, we think about coaches and we look at wins and loss records and things like that. But the, the work that they do. Uh, in their community for the for the kids in and out. And you know this. I mean, you, you know, you, you've been you've been in the trenches and, and working uh, at these schools where there's helping with tutors and, and, you know, getting people ready for college and ready to have talks and dealing with parents and, and trying to get fundraisers. So you have money for cleats and, you know, getting jerseys. You know, we don't think about the uniforms getting washed. You know, there's so much that goes on. Um, it's just, un, you know, they're underappreciated, you know, and, um, you know, shout out to, to coaches like yourself and Corey, um, you know, just, just absolutely incredible. Well, you know, I appreciate that. Well, and, you know, people don't know what really most of these coaches go through, you know, my office at Garfield was, was the laundry room. So the kids <laughs> put, literally put the uniforms on Friday nights on the floor, right outside my door. And I'd have to throw them into the washer before I took off because I had to have them done by Monday. So we'd get everything rehung up like that. But you're right. I mean, that's 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 the beauty of what we do here on our show is being able yeah. to spotlight guys that are doing the good things that are out there. There are a lot of guys that are doing, you know, that don't get the spotlight. But it's important for us to, as a community to recognize these guys and say they're doing good things. And, and it, you know, he's impacting kids' lives. I mean, Josh Connolly, a 4.0 student, a really good football player, that's a student athlete. And, you know, yeah. we always – and in my business, what I do is trying to help kids make sure make sure they stay above a two point three. And this kid's got a four zero. I mean, some university is going to get a quite a quite a football player from both sides of. The yeah, and a great young man. More more than more important, right? I mean, you know, he's taking pictures with his family, and they're just so proud. And then you know the the fact that you can have your best player, right? When your best player can set that example, right? And um, you know, with and and his buddy Jalen also, right? Yeah. When they could set an example and say, I'm the best on the field and I'm best off the field. I'm the best in the classroom. So there's there's no holes that you could poke in. You can't say, yeah, you may be this, but you can't do that. No, 
No, 4.0 yeah. in the classroom. I'm the leader of the locker room, and I'm I'm the one that's going to bust everybody's ass when I'm on the football field as well. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, especially when you, you know, when you have a coach and you have a player like that, um, it, it's just it's just so important for that locker room. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in kind of talking about his recruitment, I mean, I'm not trying to put in any words in the coach Samson's mouth or what he said, but Oklahoma, Michigan, I mean, excuse me, USC, Michigan kind of sound like they're at the forefront. I think there's a program at Montlake that better make sure they have a direct, you know, line, yeah. um, light rail, car, plane, helicopter, whatever you want to call it. I'd be down at Rainier Beach pretty much every yeah, day. I'd be, I'd be hanging out with Corey. Corey would be kicking me out. You know, I was like, hey, I, there's another plate. What's this extra yeah. plate here at the dining room table? Oh, it's yeah. me. It's yeah. No, no, wait, hold on a second. No, nobody invited you over for dinner. You, you need to leave. Yeah. You, you sure about hey. that, coach? Uh, we just yeah. talk about your players. But uh, hey, hey, listen, well, and, and I, I didn't bring it up, man. But, you know, I mentioned it to you before we before we spoke, um, you know, Josh had the grades. He he could yeah. have gone anywhere. Yeah. He stayed with this yeah. program. He stayed yeah. in this community. He stayed working with Coach uh, Sampson. So to me, that just says uh, just there's so many things that says a lot. But that's that says a lot because I'm pretty sure, and I don't know, but I'm pretty sure. You know, there might have been a phone call from somewhere somewhere else saying, uh, "Hey, Josh." Uh, why don't you come over here? You know, we could, uh, we, we would love to have you. We've got a great team and, you know, you'd be a great, you know, addition to our team. You mean there's tampering in high school football? No, no, oh, I would man. never say that. That's that. I'm, I'm, I'm you sound disillusioned. We're not, we're not <laughs> buying that, right? So, no, you're right. That's, that is a tribute to him and his family because yeah. you would both know that easily could have done. I mean, yeah. kids have moved up more than just the community. They've moved states to get into different situations. Correct. So that's Correct. Really and we've seen that. Yeah. So it's a really a testament to who he is as a kid and things like that. I think you're going to get a huge, a huge get. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, I don't I, I wish nothing but the best for the kid. I'm sure he's going to make a great decision. But boy, what a, it's nice for him to be able to choose and pick what he wants to do instead of, you know, sometimes you just have to pick whatever they give you. Yeah. That's, that's a whole different world when you get to you get to be the driver in the seat and say, I'm actually going to figure out how where I want to go. So kudos to him. Kudos to him. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a few more minutes uh, because this this is right up right up your alley as uh, president of Student Athletes Advocates. Uh, make sure to check out saadvocates.org. And um, Scott's here to help, you know, student athletes, parents, you know, kids through the process of eligibility and recruiting and financial aid and all that good stuff. But this is what you do. This is the time of year where you kind of roll up your sleeves and you go, oh, baby. You know, and we just kind of went through this uh, recruiting process, uh, signing process. And, um, you know, I, I just my first question to you is, you know, one, you know, did the coaching carousel hurt specific teams in, through this first wave of uh, of getting their recruits in? What, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I again, what I really, you know, it's, it's hard to, to, to differentiate the two. But my point is that, you know, recruiting is based upon relationships. And so when you get entwined with a coach and you get entwined with your recruiter and things like that, you, you're there and all of a sudden they pick up, they leave, they go somewhere else. Sometimes it's for professional reasons. They're going to go from the college to the NFL. Uh, coach makes the decision, gets rid of the coach. Those are things like that. So, again, as I talk to parents, like, don't always tie it in. You get like you're entwined to that coach. You got to feel like 
you can stay at this university no matter who who's in charge and who isn't in charge. Having said that and answering your question, absolutely, the carousel changes it all. And uh, between the carousel, portal, um, those things, I mean, it's a huge change in the things. And what these kids, high school kids really need to understand, like, you know, I'm just reading a statistic here from something that says 123 uh, football players have found a new home that were FBS players, which is about 16% of the players that were in this year's class. So 20% of the class is from the portal. So wow. the numbers affect the high school kids. If you kind of look at the Pac-12 this year, uh, most classes were from about 15 down. I think the highest was Arizona with like 20, which means that, you know, yep. you're going to be 25. So they're going to have this little bit of room that they want to do because they want to go into the portal. So it's a, it's a huge difference. And, uh, you know, you, you really have to, you, you have to pay attention to those things. You have to understand how the numbers work and don't play the game because they can go get two or three wide receivers from the NCAA portal. They're going to fill it up and you're the guy that thought you're going to be that wide receiver. And then you're going to be done. So, yeah. But to answer your question, the carousel, absolutely. It just changes. It just absolutely. I mean, we heard guys. it from coach, right. Talking about Josh, you know, where he was thinking yeah. about Oklahoma or at least it was one of the teams. Right. I mean, I believe Josh has about 29 college offers. All right. First and yeah. foremost, right. The yeah. last time I counted, I think I went to rivals or one of those websites and, he, I, I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, once again, we, we get math into our, our, our program here, you know, and it was just like, I, I counted 29 teams that, you know, it made, made offers to him and Oklahoma was one of them. And, you know, apparently they're off that list, you know, and whether it was a Lincoln Riley effect, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say is a hundred percent because I never had that conversation with Josh, but obviously it seems to be one of the, the reasons why, why maybe Oklahoma is off his board and we kind of go to that. So I, I guess my follow-up here is for something that you do, right? What Scott Ligo does and, and gets ready for the, the kids and recruiting, how has the transfer portal affected your job? And how do you think that that might, you know, keep going, uh, going, you know, uh, toward the future? Well, I think it, it's just done two things. It speeds up your process a little bit faster. Yep. I.e. that you have to tell these kids, like, don't wait, don't play the game till the very end. Some, you know, they all, these kids think it's all fun to, you know, get on TV, take a hat and figure it out and do all these things. The numbers aren't working for you and your advantage. So you need to really understand that. And so what, when parents think about when I say this is, so if you're a college football coach and you're going to take a high school kid, 17, 18 years old, you're taking a chance on him. You don't know if he's going to make it maturity wise, blah, 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 on and on versus a kid that they see on game film that's already played college at a college level, they're going to take that college kid every time yeah. because they know getting. And, the, and, the, and the recruiting process is different for that kid because he's already been recruited. So he's just looking for a place to play and a place where he's going to fit into the thing. So again, it's speeding it up, but it's also creating a shrinkage of the numbers of kids that are going to be able to you know, have an opportunity. doesn't mean that you, know, you can't play football. You just might not be playing at the FB, you know, FBS level. You might be playing at the FCS level, but it's still an opportunity, and that doesn't mean it's anything. You might not be a power five guy. You might be a power a group of five guy. And so it's it's the numbers have changed, and it's for every sport, every sport. I yeah. have a girl, girl that just left Wazoo, and you know now she's you know she's got you know Central Michigan or the University of Georgia, you know that she's choosing from. So yeah. uh, and it, they've reached out to her, and that's it's it's a, just a different game because it's. They know what they're getting. They know it's a proven. They know that this person's gone through the through the system of being a college athlete. So uh, it's really has changed how, how I go about. My 
Can you see um, maybe in the future a cap on the transfer portal? You know, can you see where they say, well, you know, I'll just say Clemson and they say, well, you can't take more than 10 transfer portals a season or or something like that. Can you see something like that in the future? Well, the NCAA has answered that question a little bit. So the way that the class works is you can take 25 kids in your high school kids and then you can take seven. So it's really 32 in your class. Yeah. Now, again, it's weird. I'm I'm not going to bore all the parents of all this stuff, but it gets really weird with the numbers. But having said that, um, the, the NCAA is trying to answer that question, but here comes the other part. Right now, there's about, I want to say, about 4,000 college football players that are in the portal. There's 10,000 in the portal as a whole as athletes across the country. Um, and about 80% of them don't have homes. Wow. So my point, um, the, the roster management from a coach is more power different for them than it's ever been at the college level. And so they're having to do these things. They're having to figure it out. And as we both know, through this, through the COVID and the pandemic, they allowed the rosters to expand. Well, now the NCAA is going to reduce you back down to your original numbers. So there's going to be another roster management process coming here pretty soon where guys are just going to be slowly just be not on the team anymore moving forward. Look what's happening yeah. at Washington. I know we've had, you know, at least four or five kids that have entered the portal. And I think there'll probably be more. Uh, so I know they only signed five. But Coach DeBoer has already come out and said he's probably got 10 more spots he's going to have open. Five, five, five from the high school level and five at least from the transfer portal, if not more, depending on their numbers. So it's always a numbers game. It's, it's, it's the way that the thing works. And so you really need to be attentive to those things and figure those things out. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I was going to ask, you know, with the transfer portal, um, where maybe you would have told a kid or a coach or, you know, whatever, they're, they're athletes saying, hey, um, so-and-so offered you, but I think you could hold out for another team or something like that, another school. Um, is that going to become less and less? Do you feel like if someone offers, unless you're a high level, I'm, I'm not talking about the the five star athlete that we know that the Alabamas, Ohio State, they, the, the ones they're looking at, because obviously, you know, someone like like a Josh Connolly is going to have a lot of options. But, you know, that next tier down or even the tier below that, the, where they're rated at a three star athlete or somewhere like that. You know, is that going to be something where like, hey, you know, if you got an offer and you got a you got a scholarship, and you got a ride to go. I wouldn't hold out. I would just jump on that because of the transfer portal. Absolutely. One thousand percent agree. One hundred percent with what you're saying. I I even tell that before the portal even started, you know, really. So okay. give, give you a good example. You got a, you know, uh, an official offer from Eastern, which isn't a college playoff team. It's done very well for themselves. Yeah. Really good. Program. Coach Best is doing great work over okay, there. Good players come out of there. Yeah. yeah. And, and Wazoo wants to bring you in January to come visit. Let's just, you can use any school, but let's just use Wazoo because it's easy for people to see it in their minds. Yeah. That's basically saying that if the earthquake happened, the Armageddon happened, we may offer you a scholarship because we're bringing you in January. Really not. We've got a class full. We're just kind of keeping a couple kids alive. I always tell those kids, like, take the Eastern offer right today. Yeah. And here's the in- inside scoop to that, parents. If, for whatever reason, just say something happened and Wazoo did come back to offer you in January, Eastern Washington's not going to, they're not going to be mad that you rolled because you went to Wazoo. They'll be mad if you went to Central because you're like, going, you went from a SDS full scholarship to a, you know, getting a slice of cake, uh, yeah. you know, over at 
So that doesn't make sense to them. But they understand how the recruiting works. And if then if you get up to another level, you know, um, I know a kid that was at Hawaii, the last name Puller, famous, you know, no, well-known family around here. And the kid was out of Hawaii and the Huskies called the last minute of the last week of recruiting. And guess where he went? UW. Yeah. Because it just makes sense. And so it, it happens in the business. Yeah. But yes, you, to answer your question, 1000% take the offer because I wouldn't play the game anymore because it's really to the advantage of the, of the coach, the college coach. He's going to say, we have an offer on the table. This is it. And as I like to always tell the kids, you, it's, it's one thing to say you have an offer. What I always tell parents is, is it a committable offer? If you just call them right now and say, coach, I want to commit right now. And they go, oh, well, you know, hey, uh, you know, mm. in week, that's a different deal. If yeah. they say, let's do it right now, let's make this happen, then, you know, it's committable. So, again, it's learning the lingo, understanding how this whole thing works. Uh, but it's, 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 you know, I would not play the game anymore because the numbers are working against you right now. And I think the NCA and somebody's got to figure out this deal because the portal is not working. We're, we're not going down a good road, to be honest with you. To be yeah, the, 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 the portal's open and, um, you know, they just swung the door open. So everything's just kind of go through it. And yeah, the, the only problem is, man, NCAA fixing things and making things right. I, I don't know. It sounds like an oxymoron. It just doesn't make sense. And like, I, I just so I don't know what is going to look like right now. It's a free fall. And um, and there's a lot of things to talk about, you know, with whether it's schools and alignments and super teams and super conferences and stuff like that. And we'll get into that for another show, um, you know, as we, uh, you know, we wrap it up soon here. Um, so there's just so much, but it, it's starting to feel more and more like it's starting to become a, a free for all when it comes to college sports. And um, and, and we're going to see how this all aligns, because I think the next decade will change uh, amateur sports forever. And it may no longer be amateur sports. We know that they already got the, the you know, name image likeness, but I think eventually we're going to get into, you know, you know, straight up payments, you know, depending on what you're doing and how you're aligning yourself. But those will be conversations for another time. Um, anything else you wanted to share with us uh, before we wrap it up with this uh, first wave of recruiting and really getting ready for, you know, February where, um, where you're going to have the Josh's of the world and some other kids make some commitments. So if you could maybe lay out that time frame uh, for people that don't know. So right now we are what they call in a dead period. So the college coaches cannot talk to, co- to players, can't do anything with them. And then uh, when they get, I think it's uh, the day after the national championship game, which I believe is the 11th of January, then the recruiting restarts back up uh, to give everybody a fair advantage uh, to get back on the recruiting. And then on the first Wednesday of February, which I believe is February 3rd this year, um, is the next committable day for NCAA student athletes uh, and for football. And uh, it will be, you know, just the cleanup of the, of the class. One, two, three kids. Maybe we're going to announce in these at the major places. You know, the Centrals, the Easterns, those guys will add more kids to Portland States. So yeah. uh, for you know, high school kids out there, who feel like they haven't got an opportunity? There is opportunities out there. You just got to now. You got you to figure out the you know the lay of the land has been done. The the Washingtons, the Wazis, they're all got their basically the the hay is in the barn, and now there's just the residual effects of what's out there from, and you got to figure that out. So don't ever feel like you can't be recruitable. It just maybe not be the level that you're at. And then uh, you know, as and 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 the world that I know of, 
they're already looking 23, 24, and 25. So uh, they just turn that page when it comes to recruiting. So they move on to the next year. So, uh, you know, spring recruiting will be about the 23 through 225 class kids. So, uh, you know, be, be, be prepared if you're a younger kid, you know, that it's coming down off the pipe. So it, it, it rolls fast nowadays, as we both know, as yeah. the years pass. For more information, saadvocates.org. Check him out on uh, Twitter also. He's on Facebook. Um, you know, reach out to Scott. He's got a lot of information, a lot of pertinent information, especially nowadays. Uh, there's so much to keep up with. Um, it, it's just, <laughs> you know, it makes your head kind of spin. I, I don't know how you do it. You know, uh, this is this is right up your alley. And obviously, you've been dealing with a long time, especially, you know, being a former coach there. Um, and, and, you know, just dealing with the recruiting, but now this is exactly what you do. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was great talking to Corey, you know, and, uh, it was great, uh, spending some time with you and talking uh, a little recruiting, uh, Scott, happy holidays. We will probably do something maybe next week. And, um, I, you know, I, I definitely want to do something, even if we do a show next week, making fun of, uh, bowl names. I think we just need to do a show, making fun of bowl names. Now we have the Jimmy Kimmel uh, bowl. Uh, so, uh, we've got, we've got to do something, uh, you know, our favorite and least favorite bowl names going forward and, and, uh, and, you know, start looking at the bowl season as it's, it's coming along. I can't believe that 2021 is almost done. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I like that, uh, making fun of the names. Trust me. I'm in, I'm in, I can't, I couldn't believe when I was kind of going through the scroll. I was like, wow, we just make names up. That's all we do. So. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's absolutely incredible because apparently the the only games that are important are the ones that are in the the college playoffs. So four teams, everybody else, you know, the Tic Tac Bowl and uh, you know, a Tilex Bowl, the Clorox, the Tidy Bowl. You know, I, I think we should just make some up. So we, we're gonna do something, our favorite, our least favorite, and then if we had to rename them, so that we've got to write that down. We're gonna we're gonna have a whole bowl show. I'm in. Good to me. Take care, Scott. Thanks for your time. Corey, (laughs) we appreciate your time. Um, Once again, um, it's hard to say this, but happy holidays and our thoughts and prayers are to the Sparks family um, during these difficult times. But um, just know that he was impactful in the community and so many people think highly of him. So uh, once again, thanks a lot. Take care.